0: Visit betterhelp.com slash makeyourbed today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash makeyourbed. Good morning, good morning, sunshine. Welcome to another day of the Make Your Damn Bed podcast. Today, we're doing another deep dive into Michaela Loach's book, It's Not That Radical, Climate Action to Transform the World. We left off yesterday discussing who's really responsible for climate emissions. And as Michaela says, When we talk about responsibility, we must make it clear that a huge amount of responsibility lies with governments, companies, and the super-rich, who have consistently acted to ensure that these so-called bad choices were the only ones available. They have created systems whereby millions have been forced into climate-destructive lifestyles simply because these lifestyles generate huge amounts of profit for a small group of people. And they have acted to lock so many countries all over the world into fossil fuel infrastructure for far longer than is necessary. So when we talk about responsibility, we need to go further than looking at who emits more. It's also about interrogating who's acted to trap us all into these lifestyles. And that is the lobbying groups, the capitalist climate delaying or climate denying right wing think tanks, these fossil fuel industries. It's every government that has continued to build a necessary new fossil fuel infrastructure when they know we must choose alternatives if we want to survive. It is the mining companies, the automobile industry, the aviation industry, the plastics industry, It's every single extractive, polluting body in the world. And even more than them, it's the systems that they have come from and uphold. Neocolonialism, white supremacy, and capitalism. But for the first time in history, the colonial reality of this climate crisis is finally starting to be recognized even by the biggest climate institutions, like the IPCC, which stands for Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change. It's basically a body of thousands of scientists and policymakers who come together to create reports on the most up-to-date and accurate science on where things stand in the climate crisis, and they make predictions on what will happen in the future. In more recent reports, they have started to use words like colonialism and inequity and marginalization, and while this has been an obvious thing for so many decades, it's really exciting news for it to be in the mainstream. And in this chapter, Michaela goes into all of the effects of colonialism and specific examples of a lot of the companies responsible for this colonialism. And obviously, I won't read each and every one, but I did want to share this. Most of the same fossil fuel companies still inflicting neo-colonial violence today were also founded during the colonial period. Let's talk about BP again, or British Petroleum, the gas station and oil company we all know. Their original name was quite literally the first exploitation company. Seriously, the writing was on the wall. Recently, there was a Runnymede Trust and Greenpeace UK's Confronting Injustice, Racism and the Environmental Emergency Report, and it detailed how six major oil companies based in the global north account for two-thirds of the world's investment in exploration, profiting hugely at the expense of people living in the communities where this oil is extracted. And what I found really fascinating about this chapter on colonialism is she does absolutely talk about the impacts and the harm that it's had on so many different communities, but she also discusses how the exploitation and colonialism is kind of an undercurrent in what we experience when we think about other countries and nations today. Like right now, in the news, so many previously colonized nations are considered poor or third world. But we fail to give context to why. And as American political scientist Michael Parenti points out, poor countries are not underdeveloped, they're overexploited. Skipping ahead again, she says to be clear, understanding the colonial history and imperial present of the climate crisis is not just a symbolic gesture or anti racist action to tick off. If we really want to address systemic injustice, oppression, and the multiplicity of the crises we face, tackling imperialism and white supremacy is essential. It is absolutely fundamental if we want to truly tackle the climate crisis. Skipping ahead a bit again, she says we cannot cure this global crisis without addressing its origins. She shares personal stories, which I highly recommend you read at some point, but I wanted to skip ahead to a concept she refers to as adaptation actions which are things like flood defenses, which allows places that are more vulnerable to climate change to have greater protection against its worst impacts. And it is a grim idea, one that is highly resisted upon. The idea that the West makes all the problems and the rest of the world must adapt. But as Loach says, adaptation is, sadly, both essential and necessary. There are aspects of climate change that have been made irreversible, and we must take action to reverse whatever we can, but we must also ensure that we protect communities from the impact that they are currently facing. Skipping ahead again, adaptation measures must go hand in hand with actions to decrease emissions, and we refer to this as mitigation. We must stop the crisis from getting worse and make amends for damages that are already done so we can protect the communities from the impacts of climate change that are yet to occur. It sounds like a tall order, but plans already exist that will allow us to do this and it is essential that we continue to put pressure on our governments while building alternatives outside of this existing system. So moving ahead again, I do want to talk a bit about reparations, which is defined by the Oxford English Dictionary as the action of making amends for a wrong or harm done by providing payment or other assistance to the wronged party. Michaela says reparations could be what stands between survival or extinction for so many communities facing the worst impact of this climate breakdown. Olufimi Atawao makes a renewed case for reparations in the context of climate breakdown. Taiwo frames reparations in a way that we could remake the world, saying, What if the project for reparations was the project for safer neighborhoods and better schools, for a less punitive justice system, that is, What if building a just world was reparations? Michaela says reparations must go beyond paying checks to individuals and instead be investments into infrastructure and education and healthcare and housing and energy. And these investments will raise the living standards of all oppressed people and transform the world as we know it to protect so many from climate change's worst impacts. Anyway, I think that does it for today's book club. I love you so much. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and I'll talk to you tomorrow while you make your damn bed. Bye, cutie. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com/pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5.